Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. Praise God. Okay, Great Beer Bible, so let's go to Genesis chapter 18. We don't have long this morning, but I do want to just challenge you today. We want to, we want to create an atmosphere where miracles abound. Uh, we want a church culture where uh, nothing, nothing, nothing is too hard for God. And so we're going to be looking at that issue again this morning. We were there last Sunday, so Genesis chapter 18. Let me get there myself. Genesis chapter 18. I want to read verse 1 because it kind of sets the stage for the rest of the chapter. It says, And the Lord appeared unto Abram, Abraham in the plains of Mamre, and he said in the tent door in the heat of the day. And so we're going to find that it says that the Lord himself appeared to Abraham. Now remember, this is a pre-Bethlehemic visitation of the Lord to Abraham. And so three men came. One of those was the Lord himself. But then I want you to skip down to verse 10. And I want you to, this is the the real heart of why the Lord appeared to Abram. And he said that I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah, thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door, which was behind him. Now, Sarah and uh, Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken of age. And it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. I want to read this from the message paraphrase version. It says, one of them said, and this was the Lord himself, I'm coming back about this time next year. And when I arrive, your wife Sarah will have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent opening just behind the man. And Abraham and Sarah were old and by this time very old. Sarah was far past the age for having babies. And Sarah laughed uh, within, within herself saying, an old woman like me get pregnant with this old man of a husband? Uh, and so I want you to see that the key thing here is that I want you to listen to see how the Lord responded. And God said to Abraham, why? And remember, it says that Sarah laughed within herself. One translation says that Sarah laughed silently. But nonetheless, the Lord heard it and said, God said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh saying, that me have a baby, an old woman like me? One translation says an old worn out woman like me. But the Lord's response to this worn out old woman, is there anything too hard for the Lord? I'll be back about this time next year and Sarah will have a baby. Now, here's my point about creating an atmosphere where miracles abound. Notice that Sarah approached this from a strictly human perspective. I'm too old to have a baby. That was the perspective from which she came. I am too old to have a baby. So let's look at one other incident. Go with me over to Luke chapter 1. 
Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. And let's begin reading here in verse... um, Let's let's go to verse 28. This is when uh, the angel appeared unto Mary. The angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And then he said, uh, in verse 29, and and when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this was. And then in verse 30, the angel said to her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great, shall be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. No end. This is in Luke chapter 1, verse 33. His kingdom shall be without end. But then Mary responded almost exactly like Sarah did. And Mary said to the angel, how can this be, seeing I know not a man? How can this be? Now there she said, I'm a virgin. How, how, how can this happen? How, how can I have a baby? So notice that both Sarah and Mary both responded from a strictly human vantage point. That to Mary she said, I mean, to Sarah, she said, I'm too old. And Mary said, I'm a virgin. But notice that neither one was an impediment to the miracle working power of God. And so when she said, how, how shall this be? I I, I don't understand. How, How can this happen? And verse 35, the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. And the power of the high shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Not only that, but behold thy cousin Elizabeth, she has also conceived a son in her old age. And it was John the Baptist. And so then he went on to say, and this is the sixth month with her who was called, she was barren. But now, in her old age, she has had a child. But verse 37 is the key. The key to both, both Sarah and Mary. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Now, in our last session, I I gave you three things that I think that we need to be aware of. That number one, we need to personally acknowledge in our own personal affairs that nothing is too hard for God. Nothing is too hard for God. That there's no soul that he won't save. There's no backslider that he won't reach. There's no sin he won't forgive. That there's no obstacle that he won't overcome. 
There's no stronghold that he won't bring down. There's no sickness that he won't heal. No prayer that he won't answer. No promise that he won't keep. No wall that he won't break through. No barrier. And there's no problem that he won't solve. Amen. So, when I read this list that God is greater than any problem I face, it, it, just, it just causes faith to rise. It engenders faith when I know that there's simply that we serve a God where that nothing to him is impossible. And not only that, but it takes away all of our excuses when we begin to understand that nothing, not anything is too hard for God. It builds a sense of anticipation. And I've always said that anticipation is the prelude to the miraculous. When you come to church not expecting anything, that's what you're going to get. Not anything. But when you come to church expecting something amazing to happen in our midst, then that's what happens. So I want you to see that when we create an atmosphere for the miraculous, we cannot leave out expectation or anticipation. And so I want you to see there's something powerful when we just really expect God to move in a powerful, powerful, powerful way. So it builds a sense of anticipation. It strengthens our prayer life well, we know that there's not any prayer that he won't answer. It opens the door to the throne room of heaven where we can approach the throne of God to receive mercy and grace in time of need. So when I look at this list, no soul that he won't save, no backslider that he won't reach, no sin that he won't forgive, no obstacle that he won't overcome, no stronghold that he won't bring down, no sickness that he won't heal, no prayer that he won't answer, no promise that he won't keep, no wall that he won't break through, no barrier, no problem that he won't solve. It, 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 it demands that we be miracle-minded. 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 Now, well, I want to talk about that this morning just for a little bit, and then we'll introduce some things that we'll cover later. But go back to Luke chapter 1, talking about being miracle-minded. For the angel said, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. So with Sarah, I'm too old. With Mary, I'm a virgin. To God, not a problem. Not a problem. Why? Because nothing is too hard, too difficult for him. And even told her how it was going to happen. That the Holy Spirit is going to, going to at one translation it says, hover over thee or overshadow thee. Now there's, there's going to be a creative miracle wrought on the inside of Mary's womb where she would be born, a child would be conceived without the agency of the human being. That, that's what you call creative power, miracle power at work. But the Amplified Bible says it even better. And this is the key point. Luke 137 from the Amplified Version says, For with God, nothing is ever impossible, and no word from God shall be without power 
or impossible of fulfillment. Now, now think about what this, amen. Now, think about what he's saying. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. And here's why. Because no word from God did Sarah get a word from God. Yes. What did the Lord say? This time next year, I'm coming back and you will have a baby. And what did Sarah do? She laughed. That's, a, that, that, that's, that's ridiculous. That, that's impossible. That, that just couldn't happen. I'm old. I'm worn out. I mean, just look and look, look, at, at, look at my husband. You know, I mean, there's, it's, it's just impossible. When you, when you approach everything from a strictly human perspective, it is impossible. Now, there are two realms. There is this natural physical realm here that we see, this natural physical realm, but then there is a supernatural, invisible, spiritual realm. Matter the Bible says that God is a spirit and he abides in the spiritual realm. Angels are spirit beings. They abide in the spiritual realm. Satan and demon powers are spirits. They abide in the spiritual realm. Which realm, the natural realm or the spiritual realm, which realm gives birth to miracles? The spiritual realm. The spiritual realm. But if all you have ever known all your life is what you can see, touch, taste, hear, or smell, then you're going to be earthbound. By that, I mean that you're going to be limited with what money, power, your own wit, your own wisdom can produce. In other words, when you're earthbound, then there is no possibility of impossible things being made possible. And that's why Jesus even went on to say over in Luke 18, 27, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. So you got the things which are impossible with men become possible with God. So you've got men and you've got God. So we're going to see that when we, when we limit ourselves to what we can come to understand in our, in, within our, in our natural limited lives, then we are simply limited to what we can eke out and make happen here by political power, money power, whatever it might be. Yeah. But when we turn to God... And we, and we look to him because he is, he is supernatural. Remember, we talked about the three superlatives that describe God. He's omniscient, meaning that he's everywhere. He's all-knowing. He knows everything. And he's all-powerful. So I want you to see that when we talk about those three superlatives and we major on the, the all-powerful, the almighty God, that there's nothing too hard for him, then it begins to give rise to faith in our hearts. Yes. Who would ever figure that we would, that we would bring in $203,000 in seven months over and above our regular tithes and offerings? We paid every bill, we did every, I mean, it was just a, 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 a miracle. 
<clears throat> and, and here's what happened. We, we have learned to live without miracles for generations. And when you learn to live without miracles, you simply limit what God can do supernaturally. So because we've learned to live without miracles, then we've learned to live within the confines of what our natural power can bring to pass. But when we begin to cross over that bridge from the natural to the supernatural as a body, as a church, and we begin to take the limits off of God and we let God be God, then I want you to see that there are miraculous things that can happen financially, physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, socially, vocationally. In other words, we simply let God be God in every single facet of our lives. But the key is that no word from God shall be, now let me read it to you again, no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. When God, when the, when the angel, of the, I mean, when, uh, that, that when the Lord said to Abraham and then to Sarah, because she heard him, I'm coming back this time next year and Sarah will have a baby. That promise, that declaration carried within itself the power to bring itself to pass. When the angel gave the word of the Lord to Mary and said that you're going to bear a child and you're going to call his name Jesus and then all the things that he's going to do, that one word from God contained the power to cause a miracle birth to come forth of the person of Jesus Christ. One word from God to you can change your life forever. One word. Just one word from God. And so that's why the first step we take in the realm of the miraculous is we get God's word on it. I find a promise that God has, has made or I find a provision of the cross of Calvary that he's done for me and then I lay claim to that promise. I take it as my very own. The Bible will never be powerful until it becomes personal. So when I see these promises, had God not wanted me to have it, he should have never said it. He should have never made the promise. But he made the promise so that I could have it. That's why when he made that promise, he was speaking that promise to you. So, you know, you've got two families sitting beside each other. One family receives the promise of God and runs with it, and the other doesn't. So I want you to see, we are the ones, we say our amen to every promise God makes. We say the amen to it. So that means I take the promise, I lay hold of it, and then I say my amen to it, and I believe God for what this says to come to pass in my life. And we need to know that no word God ever has ever spoken, no word from God is void of power. But it has, it contains the power to bring itself to pass. Amen.